0: Hello and welcome to Manga Explaining, the show where we recommend great manga to folks who haven't read manga before. Hosted by myself, David Brothers, Deb Aoki, Christopher Butcher, and Chip Sidarski. Follow along with our show notes and reading list at Mangasplaining.com, and check us out on Instagram, too. We put a lot of work into the different stories and photos and samples and things like that. And today, we are here to talk about Katsuhisa Kigitsu's Franken-Fran. And rather than try to sum it up just off the top of my head, I'm going to read the back of the book like we've started doing on these episodes. I think that's a great, we get to use all yeah. of the work the PR department has put together already. Yeah, speaking of someone who has to write these back cover copy, like, I get it now. Uh, <laughs> meet Fran, the finest creation of the brilliant mad scientist Dr. Madaraki. When the good doctor goes missing, leaving Fran alone in the house full of stitched up monsters and scientific equipment, who better to take up his scalpel? With a combination of enthusiasm, skill, and heart that just can't be beat, Fran wields mad science with a sunny disposition to solve the problems of the lonely, downtrodden, and lovelorn people who come through her door. But the people seeking help aren't always what they seem, and Fran's solutions aren't, are rarely what they expect. So, basically, That's it's a, Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, Fran is essentially a Frankenstein. She's got the bolts in her head, you know, the stitching on her skin, that long smile from cheek to cheek, and Mm -hmm. she is a apparently genius level surgeon in a book that's pretty much just gross out horror stories, Mm -hmm. pretty much wall to wall. And this was recommended to me by Christine Wong, part of like the Hello Boyfriend Comics Art Collective or studio, whatever you call a group of people who make comics together. And she said it was gross, and I read it, and it was gross, and I think I liked it because it was gross. Like, there's something very, like, Richard corbin 70s comics, but also 70s horror comics, like, with the ironic fate to the different ca- cast members in the comic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought it was pretty funny, but also it's not the sort of book that you can read more than one or two volumes in a row, I think. <laughs> Which I think we'll find out a lot about that on this episode. But... Let's go around the table. Chris first, then Deb, then Chip. (laughs) Tell me how much of this you read and what you thought about it.
2: So first off this actually this book is out of print i tried to get the the print the physical copy and it is no longer available from seven Cs, unfortunately so i went and grabbed the digital the volume one it was printed in volume sort of two volume bind ups and i grabbed mm-hmm. the digital volume one and i actually just didn't have time to read volume two as well because we are reading another book this week as well we'll get to that after the break but uh oh, you're so lazy yeah <laughs> uh, um what do i want to say um
0: I was kinda of hoping I got to react to other people's reactions. <laughs> I'll say I chose you first because you kept calling it a sexy monster girl comic and it's so It not is a sexy. sexy monster. Well, that's the
2: that's it. Okay. So here's the deal. Yeah. It is very much to me a takeoff on Tezuka's blackjack, which is also in this format of sort of a story of the week about a weird medical thing and an unorthodox solution. Blackjack doesn't usually turn people into monsters. Although the most contentious point of Blackjack for me is the introduction of Pinocchio, which is a little girl that he reassembles from parts and then is just annoying through the rest of the series. Like any story with Pinocchio is instantly ruined for me and it's actually what put me off Blackjack. (laughs) So this is a whole manga of that, which is fascinating. I I think the author's id is laid bare. Is the nicest thing I can say about this is just like, what if gruesome horror shit, but like a hot girl who is frequently naked and hot other girls who are frequently naked during surgery scenes and after surgery scenes are in this book? And it at first I thought it was going to be it's not that kind of book they're just making the sexy covers like the sexy monster girl stuff on the covers in order to sell copies to seinen fans right cuz you got to have you got to have a little tna for the for that mm-hmm. kind of seinen book right yeah no it's the author it's all it's all coming from <laughs> the author And the chapter that got me was the lady turned into the dog who was the spy. And it's like, you still gave her boobs uh, when she's a dog lady. (laughs) You still (laughs) gave her pendulous boobs. This is not coming from editorial. This This is coming from you. It is unlike anything I've read in manga, and it is good on those merits. But it is not for me and i can't in good conscience recommend it to anybody uh so that's (laughs) about it wow literally (laughs) there's so much going on in this that it is like i'm not going to recommend this but if you happen upon it and you just want to dig down dig real deep down into some fucked up shit here you go, this is the book for you. But it's not a recommendation.
0: Yeah, I will (laughs) say this is the first episode where I was like, should I lead with a content warning because of all the cannibalism and guts? Mm. Um, I don't think there's cannibalism,
3: there's all the guts.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Deb, how did and fran strike you? Though I have a hunch.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Let me me preface this by saying, um, I just had coffee with a friend Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty jacked up right now.
1: <laughs>
3: uh, I had, a, I had a, half a donut and a coffee, and I reread Frank and Fran, and it hit me <laughs> in a really weird way. <laughs> and I don't know if it's the coffee or it's uh, something else. but um, i did I did definitely get what what Chris was saying, that i I see a lot of elements of other mo- similar manga. Mm-hmm. But it is is—it is definitely its own creature. Uh, horror manga is super popular now. And so I would see that Frank and Fran could find an audience, despite it being out of print, to uh, be the next read for people who are really hungry for more horror manga. Mm-hmm. It is a very special combination of horror manga, though, because it is... It is pretty fan servicey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, meaning fan service in the sense that it's it's got a fair amount of nudity that doesn't need to be there, mm-hmm. but it's also not very unhorny in that it's gross at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so gross. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like ooh boobs. And it's like, oh, but they're dismembered. It's like, oh well there yeah. went there went, there went my boner, you know.
2: <laughs> ah, but also some that's for somebody. This whole book is for somebody.
3: (laughs) But, you know, I I appreciate what Chris was just saying about the blackjack. Like, one thing that's really interesting about blackjack is that it's about a... If you're not familiar with blackjack, blackjack is about a a surgeon, a rogue surgeon, who is extremely (laughs) skilled, but almost skilled to the point of being unethical and borderline, Mm. like, doing crimes against God by by reanimating people or doing really... Like, whoa, no, you shouldn't do that to a body kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's very fantastical. But that comes from an interesting place because Tezuka went to medical school. He is a doctor, you know, in a lot of ways. And he's so he's aware of a lot of medical things. And it seems like the author Mm -hmm. of Frank and Fran did some similar research. Like there is Mm. every now and then there's little flashes of like, uh, you know, anatomical or interesting things about the body Mm-hmm. Uh, the, or real diseases and then he, he uses that as a jumping off point to tell stories that are basically body horror stories one thing I think he does really well is there are a lot of twists in this story that yeah. like you you turn the page and go whoa what the fuck
1: mm, <laughs> I yeah. did not see that <laughs> yeah. coming
3: you know like I think like there's one uh, like there's a there's a chapter there's a story uh, chapter two I think where you think oh it's there's a happy ending you know and then you turn the page and it's like oh no there's not
2: <laughs> the caterpillar story right yeah yeah oh, yeah
3: dang so there's things about it like like genji ito does body horror for example right
1: mm-hmm.
3: um animorphs is basically body horror <laughs> and PD psycho is body horror i mean there's if you like any of those books or even like old style horror comics that like dca used to put out like house of mystery Mm-hmm. Like there's these self contained short stories that are like come up in theater, right? The evil, the selfish, the vain think they want something and then that their wish gets turned against them in a way that if you like seeing evil, vain, <laughs> selfish people get their comeuppance in a really horrifying way, this book's for you.
1: you know? Nice. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, what'd you, think?
4: Yeah, what'd you <laughs> think? You didn't sound too jacked up there. Oh yeah, okay. it was very even. <laughs> yeah, that super. That was super even. I expected you to just go like, off on this. Extremely <laughs> eloquent. I thought you were going to go
0: full Joe Rogan. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I need because
4: no, she knows what she's talking about. That's oh, the difference. That,
0: yeah, I see. Bam. Oh, <laughs>
4: so I mean, I I found this book fascinating. First, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna start right off with the cover, which is kind of my what the fuck? Like, why are these the covers for this? Like, I know we've talked mm-hmm. a bit about how, you know, there's obviously some sexy stuff and and boobs and everything, but like the covers make it seem like a lot more than that.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
4: like there's no way if I was a fan of like horror, I would pick this up. I would just think that this is like, just like a sexy Frankenstein book, which it's not. It's yeah. a horror. So I think that's just a wild mismatch. But it's, I actually really like the main character. Like Fran, like, I think, I think she's just like a fascinating mixture of things. I like the weird tics that they've given her and her kind of very strange outlook on life and uh, morals and uh, what her kind of weird mission statement is. Like you keep, Mm -hmm. you keep trying to look kind of past that to see like, does she know she's screwing with people? Right. (laughs) Or is she just like, or is she just kind of, she's fascinated with like operating on people. His bodies but mm. is she also fascinated with doing that with their minds like that's just kind mm. of the thing that I, I kept coming to so i think she's really interesting and her like companion the the hunky dude with the body of is it a dog or a cat i think it's a dog it's because a cat have,
0: it's a cat
4: that's yeah, weird because, i thought it was like, a dog too i know because there's the, the other character with the dog head and the human body i just assumed yeah. they were just like switched around but anyways uh, he's a fascinating sidekick. The, the kind of island of Doctor Moreau of this lab and the, the building that she lives in is is pretty interesting.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: I'm also really into you know we we have talked a lot about kind of the the episodic manga, mm-hmm. and I find this fascinating because it's like a procedural. Like I felt mm-hmm. like this is like oh, oh this is like a TV show where like like she's got to kind of solve the problem. But then there's also that twist, and and you're you're right earlier about like the twist being really interesting. Like I was always like, oh wow, that's that's pretty good. All that to say, yeah, what's up with like the sexiness <laughs> <laughs> combined with <the> horror? <laughs> like I I I, I enjoyed the, the first volume for what it was. And by the second volume, I'm like, okay, I don't I don't know if I need to read past this. The only, the only element that made me think that I'd want to kind of keep reading was the introduction of Veronica at the end of volume, towards the end of volume two.
0: Her sister. Mm.
4: Yeah. Because that was interesting, her actually having kind of an opposite to her. Because up to that mm-hmm. point, just a kind of a rotating crew of like random people with problems. So part of me kind of wants to keep reading just to find out more about that character, but I also suspect we're not going to find out much more about that (laughs) character because it doesn't seem like the kind of book that's going to be about kind of revelations of, you know, the inner workings of the cast. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the the gross stuff is the gross stuff. I'm not a horror guy, but I thought it was really well done and well drawn.
2: It was revolting. It was revolting. And, you know, I,
4: I appreciated the kind of the weird, like, the 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 anatomy um kind of very medical diagrammatic stuff mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: which was kind of super funny to me it's almost like like a horror version of like the marvel universe handbook where they're trying to explain these things even though
0: i was thinking of what uh, the they font while i was reading this <laughs> <laughs> oh, <really? Yeah>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> why did you um, think of what the font by the way
0: because i mean the things she's explaining are nonsense. You know, like, you can yeah. fit most of a body inside of a human skull or whatever. But it's presented in a way that it's, like, absolute fact. Yeah. And she's yeah. explaining mm. to the reader and to the <laughs> her poor victims yeah. as time goes on. It's, it's, like, semi-explainer manga. Like, there's, like, a little bit of explainer in there yeah. to make the horror mm-hmm. even creepier. Yeah, exactly.
4: It kind of reminds me of Delicious
0: in Dungeon, too. Like,
4: when they're talking mm. about the recipes for the things, it's still fantastical creatures. But they're making it seem like, well, this is exactly how you prepared this meal that doesn't exist
0: yeah like the mm. cosmetic surgery chapter where she gives the entire school a makeover essentially yeah. yeah like it starts with a very reasonable like oh i want like take care of my eyebrow fold it's like one stitch it's easy and by the end there's like people who are eight feet tall because they <laughs> want to be taller and things like yeah. that <laughs> yeah
3: but it's like the, the horns and stuff like that it's like yeah. Like, wow, that yeah. reminds me of San Francisco when there was the body modification was a big thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd believe it. Because <laughs> yeah. you mentioned Blackjack earlier, and Blackjack's absolutely a touchstone, but this feels almost like Blackjack plus um, Kitaro.
3: Yes. I wrote that Kitaro yeah,
0: too. Yeah, there's <laughs> a Be Careful What You Wish For yeah. kind of vibe. And also all, the way all, all of this. the eyeball trauma that's in this book. I forgot to mention, I have a thing about yeah. eyes, <laughs> oh. and like seeing movies where eyes get poked or like looked at for too long, it makes my eyes actually water because of like. <laughs> getting a paint wow. cut on my eye when I was a kid. Did you really? Yeah, it sucked. It was in art class.
3: Holy crap.
0: <laughs> hated oh. art ever since. It's fair. I'm sorry.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but so some of this horror was very effective on me, despite not being necessarily what scares me. It's just like yeah. that visceral yeah. reaction. The I thing is fascinating, because like, when I was in
4: school for illustration, the, the main uh, illustration teacher really stressed to us that in our drawings... In the composition, never have anything kind of pointing towards an eye, Mm
1: -hmm. like even like it's
4: kind of like a tangent thing. Like you just don't want like even a background line or whatever that kind of goes towards the eye, because they're like it'll make people uncomfortable because people have a thing about eyes. So you would always try and like avoid Mm -hmm. that unless you were trying to make them uncomfortable.
0: Were there a bunch of like EC horror comics that like focused on eye trauma? You know, (laughs) on the cover, so much eye trauma
2: (laughs) in EC horror comics. But this has that same
0: kind of weird outlaw feel where it's. Gross and outside of the mainstream, but it's also kind of—it's like a mainstream story told in a gross way.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Like, there's not really anything in here that's very—that's too strange. If it was less, you know, like gutsy, yeah, like the doctor, like helping people Mm -hmm. out, the rogue doctor stuff. But when it's like, oh, I found this guy. He loves this lady. Like, we caught him killing her in a park. so We're gonna bring them back to life. Like, that's just a horror story. Like, it's totally normal. Yeah. But bringing her back to life is just a head and then giving the head hands, and then just this whole shaggy dog joke yeah. <laughs> to the end of it. Yeah. Definitely a sick mind.
3: This is definitely an inventive manga. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of twists yeah. in here that I've never seen before. or mm-hmm. like It's very much set up so that when you turn the page, there's a, whoa.
0: Yeah, almost every yeah. page. Yeah. yeah. It's impressive the, for that. I feel like that kind of plotting, like, it's easy to go, like, what's the most unlikely thing that could happen? But I think this book actually kind of, the surprises are logical when you look oh. back at them. Hmm. Like, she's a caterpillar. Of course, she's going to turn into another form, and it's going to be different. And you're like, oh, well, it's a human now. But no, it's actually like a bug. And now she's eating the guy in the love hotel. Yeah,
4: that, that's, like, <laughs> that's
0: like one of the early stories. And it had my favorite
4: ending, maybe of all of the stories that we've read so far. Yeah. Just those those last few panels where I got it here, where the guy goes, can I touch you? This is awesome. You look almost like my favorite movie ever. And there's like this tiny, tiny, tiny panel that you can barely kind of make out of like, it looks like Jaws eating somebody (laughs) and the kids watching. Like it's such a weird tiny panel. Like you almost miss it. Yeah. And then the guy goes, take those Jaws and gobble me up you little yeah. pervert. Oh yeah. This rules. Like it's just, it, it's such a funny scene.
0: That was also was my horrific. favorite. <laughs> That's at the end of volume one. I think it's part okay. of the like tales of evil short stories.
1: Yeah. yeah. Or no, maybe it's volume. Yeah. Two. Uh, so
0: yeah. So that was something else I wanted to ask about actually was the two page horror shorts at the back of the book. What did you guys think of those other than oh, Chip, yeah. who loves them? Like I do.
4: Yeah. They were so weird. I love them they were very weird and i
2: didn't love them
4: <laughs> i love them cuz they were weird cuz like like you kind of had to kind of piece it together a little bit and sometimes mm-hmm. it was just yeah instead of a story yeah. it was a sometimes feeling. it didn't work it's just giving you a mm-hmm. feeling i'm like well, that's 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 an interesting idea
0: mhm yeah. You s- said some didn't work for you chris i
2: yeah i feel like mm, i'm actually going to be more absolute than that some of them don't actually just don't mm. work but some of them yeah, I will say some of them didn't work for me. Yeah, it seems a little bit. I guess they seem pointless. Like I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Like maybe it is. Maybe what Chip is saying is true. Maybe it's just like oh, it's about a have feeling. Like the first one is like the two girls that are walk school girls that are walking by, and there's flowers, and the guys like. Oh, this is weird, but they're both like corpses Mm -hmm. or whatever. And it's like, are. but it's never clearly if that's the corpses of the girls that the people are leaving flowers for at this post, that's never clearly tied together. So this is on page, I don't know what page is this? So page 193. So it's a dude in a trench coat and a hat who looks like he's supposed to be something. Cause that's not a, that's yeah, not an exactly everyday character look, look. <laughs> uh, walking yeah. through. Yeah. Right. And then he, there's like some flowers, a toy, a photo left at this one spot on the road. Maybe there's a traffic accident or something like that. But then these two girls walk up and they have kind of like covered in blood and you see them close and they are they are corpses they're like the walking dead they have they are missing their eyes this guy is very scared they just walk by that's the end of the story it's like were these the girls that were tied like that were there because it was never tied together is it that they're haunting this space who is this guy who has a really main character yeah. hat on like all of it just didn't come together enough the next one, which is out of body, which is just like the girl sneaks into his room to cut his dick <laughs> that off. Really funny. It's <laughs> like, well, at least that's like that, like you know, makes you like a little yeah. tense, let's say, but doesn't again doesn't result like
3: non sequiturs, doesn't it? Like, it really? yeah. I think that's what they were <laughs> yeah. meant
0: to be, like yeah. omake ah. content. Because the guy yeah. in the first story with the hat, he's in volume two. Like him and oh. the girl with the eye patch are recurring is characters he? in these little shorts.
1: Mm. because
0: he sees a so ghost weird. banging on the wall and like saying like open up mom i'm sorry open up and then it cuts to the ghost head just going away it's just jaws and up which is very gross and he looks around and he's like this town is one messed up mm. place what on earth happened here yeah i think yeah. he's just a rando mm. like he's just there <laughs> to see these horrible things and to be like huh oh, but i do oh. think you're right some of these don't work as jokes no
3: i almost would say these aren't tales of evil these are tales of Tales of random.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah,
4: yeah. Once but, after the first couple, once I realized that, then I got into them more. I think like once you're just like you're not you're not waiting or expecting mm. a thing. It's just like oh, that's a that's a cool drawing and a weird feeling and like yeah. The zombies it's,
0: that yell help are like it's a great joke. It's a great. Joke. I feel like I would cry, cry if I saw it in a movie or something. Yeah,
4: yeah. It's it's that's that's the next zombie craze right there. Zombies <laughs> that help. <laughs> <that yell. laughs>
0: But like the one that Chip and I mentioned with the face yeah. and like, you know, gobble me up. That's a reference to a Japanese legend of the lady, the split uh, mouth woman who mm. where she walks around and says, hey, am I pretty? And if you say no, like she murders you, yeah. you say yes, she murders you because that's how these work. Yeah. And so the punchline is like, this kid is a for real pervert. And she's very surprised. Like <laughs> yeah. this has never happened. <laughs> and take those jaws and gobble me up. It's just such it kills me. Yeah, like yeah. The translation.
4: Calling <laughs> oh, a pervert. Oh, that's great.
3: Who translated yeah. this book, by the
4: way?
0: Uh, this what? was Jocelyn Allen doing translation, and ah. Chunky Whitesides on adaptation. Interesting. Ooh, interesting. So yet again, chased by our mm. friends.
4: So I'm yeah, I'm, I'm wondering whose decision. Like, because Fran's got that interesting kind of like, every once in a while she gets caught on a letter. You mm. know where uh, I didn't know mm. like if that was in the initial text.
2: There was yeah. probably something yeah. like it in the initial. There was probably, like, there's a, there's a way that she's supposed to, like, she's supposed to be a teen girl. Like, she even goes to high school yeah. for one <laughs> chapter. So I feel like that's, like, a hanging on your yeah. syllables yeah. kind oh. of thing. And I think that that's maybe what that's, like, maybe there's, like, a Japanese way to write that that I am not
3: familiar what with. What kind of, like, they you know. go, nee.
2: Yeah. Nee. Like, isn't
3: that right? It's like, valley, valley yeah. girl. <laughs>
4: yeah i didn't i didn't i didn't read it as valley girl i read it as like a weird kind of like like something wrong with her oh yeah
0: same yeah
4: because because i've never in in all the books we've read i've never kind of come across that so because it's specific to this like stitched together frankenstein girl i I just kind of thought it was Mm
1: -hmm.
4: some kind of weird catch that she has that she gets stuck like a computer
0: i found a japanese version of the first page uh, while we were chatting ah. and it's basically just like the squiggle mm. that they used to indicate trailing off.
2: Mm, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, okay. Well, there you go.
0: We've been <laughs> long explained something successfully. Another good episode. <laughs>
2: well,
4: uh, there there was one other kind of thing in the series that I was kind of interested in, which is, you know, people always talk about like kind of art versus artist, like, is what's being portrayed in the story, the, the, the author's beliefs. And Mm. there's a, there's a one thing that struck me was the splash page of the planet earth, which, uh, you know, I forget what page it was. I I got a screen grab of it, but it's her kind Mm -hmm. of explaining kind of, I guess what she does. And the text on it is just like, it's just earth, the moon, the sun. And she says, human beings are not an alien element polluting the world. They're the only living things that can actively shape the raw material of the earth. To do that, the advancement of science through experiments is key. And the most important experiments are done to improve the happiness of all. Which is really, I mean, it kind of hit me in a weird spot because uh, I just went through a heat wave of record, you know, record, record highs here in British Columbia (laughs) caused by global warming caused by uh, mankind. But it's interesting because it's like, it's a, cool insight into her character but because Mm -hmm. the the author devoted like this kind of space to it made it feel almost like this is also their belief like it's Mm -hmm. it's because it's not just her being weird kind of tossing this off it's almost like a declaration yeah and I, i wondered if you guys picked up on that vibe too
0: yeah i was really thinking about that because there's a lot of gross things that happen and i think the author is definitely someone who's like Runs towards like the nastiness, like it's entertaining or, you know, whatever. Yeah. It clicks for them somehow, mm-hmm. I should say. Mm-hmm. But there are so many bits where they could have gone mean or punched down or something like that, and they didn't, despite mm-hmm. still being like very gross.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like the school story, for instance, where the two, the couple want, they basically, the punchline is like they switch genders because the girl is afraid of men mm-hmm. and the guy loves her so much, he's like, I will become a woman for you. Yeah. And I'm like, this could very easily be like super gross and transphobic. Yeah. But it's so enthusiastic and positive. Yeah. And still yeah. like an incredibly <laughs> yeah. dumb joke.
1: I thought it was kinda
3: like it's a bit, a twisted version of the gift of magi where
0: Yeah, it totally is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah.
4: Yeah, such a such a funny page of them just pulling open their, mm, their that... outfits to reveal their fully nude bodies.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> There's like one uh, single panel strip later in the book that says they broke up because one of them cheated on each other. What? And, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, at
0: the very end. You
3: can't let anyone have a happy ending, honey. Yeah, right?
0: That's pretty funny. And oh this is the sort of thing where it could have been very horrible. And it's still very edgy. Like, it's not necessarily yeah. a joke that you want to tell to someone you just met. But I think it passes the sniff test of, like, who is this being mean to? And it's not yeah. really being mean to anybody. It's just being weird to everybody. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's well. That's that's that that story in particular is like that's it's it's not a story. It's a sketch. It's like a sketch of like an idea that's like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if Frankenfan just like gave people their heart's desires of cosmetic surgery, and then she does, and then it ends, and it's like the author tries really hard to tack on a thing like. Well, I guess they're all mature young adults. They totally <laughs> knew what they were doing. And they have horns or whatever. You're supposed to be a little horrified, but it's not a story. Like, it's all middle. There's no conclusion. It doesn't build to anything. It's just, like, mm-hmm. these little sketches that happen. And it's, like, it's a it's little. really interesting. It's really interesting that this exists. But it's also why I it's not something I would be like, yeah, you should go. You should totally check this out uzumaki does the same thing but uzumaki in a chapter or if it's a multi-chapter story gives you a beginning middle and end for every chapter it's like something gross happens something fucked up happens these characters are dealing with this horrible thing and there's some kind of resolution at the end of the chapter and then the characters move forward until the story completes this like there's a lot of like It's very gross. Horror isn't my thing at the best of times, to be honest. So like maybe there's a nuance that someone who's really into horror would pick up. Like I get that sex and death is all that horror is about. So the sex and Mm -hmm. death stuff makes perfect sense in that regard. But like literally the last story is like shot like a porno, but it's her being dismembered. It's uncomfortable. And it's just like I get it. I get it all. I think it's really interesting that this is a thing that went for eight volumes and the sequel mm-hmm. is currently running in the same magazine. It just kept, keeps going. Somebody loves it. But, pe- uh, like, I mean, I, I don't, don't know, see them making maybe, an anime
3: like, adaptation of this anytime soon. I'll say that.
0: It would just be I totally a- can see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> almost <laughs> a- all the time. Easiest animation ever. Uh,
2: so, yeah, it's just. So, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, it just doesn't feel like oh it feels like yaoi uh mm, not bl but like literal yaoi like Like it's literally just (laughs) yeah like it's just a build up signifying nothing like it does it like nothing matters at the end we're just doing some crazy shit and you're not going to get a beginning no middle no end no point no whatever whatever yaoi actually stands for i'll put it in the show notes but it's just like this idea that this is like like i guess we got to tack on something of a message like maybe young people shouldn't make decisions about their like dis- their decisions about plastic surgery when they're still in high mm-hmm. school. Like, but that's weak as hell. <laughs> that, that is like the weakest sentence at the end of that story.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, so mean, like,
4: yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Most of these have some sort of like, it's not moral. There's like a, a meaning a to the story. Yeah. Like, and they all have beginning, middles and ends. Like the beginning is somebody approaches her because they've got a problem. <laughs> she solves the problem. There's a twist to it, and now they're fucked. The end. And it's usually they sure. usually so hubris, the or like like there's something. And if she there. had Yelp
3: reviews, no one would show up.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Right, because then they all know what they're no. in getting. Into, but apparently, <laughs> nobody does get know what they're getting into.
0: I think the Junji Ito comparison is pretty good because mm-hmm. Junji Ito is the prestige TV version of this. Yeah. Like let's, you
1: know, Like <laughs> okay. this is
0: straight up episodic. Right. This is Seinfeld, where sometimes it just ends on a joke. You know, it's just Jerry saying hello and bam.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But Iso is very much, he's making horror novels. Well, these are almost horror jokes or sketches, yeah. like you said earlier.
3: Yeah. But I agree, Chip, that the covers mm. didn't do it any favors as far as finding you know. the right readers. Yeah. <laughs> like Seven Seas, admittedly, they have a very broad array of stuff. But one of their subgenres of what they publish is monster girls like monster musume which mm-hmm. is basically like monster girls who are like hair like harem manga right like the hapless protagonist is surrounded by these monster girls and they're yeah. not very horrifying they're just yeah. kind of weird right it's like yeah. the equivalent of like like a, a guy surrounded by a bunch of goth girls like <laughs> except they have extra appendages but the sandman <laughs> yeah so it's it's it's, it's kind of made like hey weirdo girls but they're sexy and mm-hmm. so that's what Frank and Fran looks like from the cover. And that's what I yeah. thought it was. And then to find out it's actually a horror manga with some, with a really strange black sense of humor yeah. makes me think like it missed an mm-hmm. opportunity. Like maybe they should have redesigned the covers or something to help it find its audience.
4: The covers are doubly weird because it's Frank and Fran on, on both of these covers. That's nude, mm. but she's, mm-hmm. she's like the character yeah. in the books that is, uh, not. I'm not saying she's a never nude, but she's like, she's she's not sexualized in that in that manner. Like, no, she's not. She's like always fully clothed. She's always just like the the mad scientist doctor character, and the people she's operating on are usually the ones that are you know disrobed and you know titillating to a certain segment of the of the audience. But the covers are just like what? Like,
0: yeah, <laughs> I don't get it's... them at all. <laughs> And they were what the heck? same covers as the Japanese edition. Actually, the the U.S. edition yeah. font, or the North American font, or logo rather, is much more playful than the Japanese logo looks. Yeah,
1: and
0: that's the Japanese, a conscious decision, like, frankly, right? It's very normal. Yeah. So I've looked past this book for like quite a long time until Christine finally said, "Hey, check this out. It's weird." And I was like, "All right, I like weird. Let's go." <laughs> and it delivered. How do you feel about the watercolor, color pencil-looking title pages?
2: on page 7? Yeah. Yeah, I was actually seven. just going to ask cuz it's like I actually think that this book might have found its audience if this had been the cover instead. It is out of print less than 4 years after it was published, so I think that that's a big deal.
0: I think these I, drawings get more and more explicit as the series goes on is one trouble though.
2: The 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 watercolory ones? Yeah. I've only got number 1 here. I'm sorry, I didn't see number 2.
4: Oh yeah, let me take a look at number two because I'm seeing the one, the number one,
0: and it's just uh, volume it's like- three has one. Mm-hmm. Oh, volume two doesn't. Volume two doesn't. Volume three does.
3: That Frank and Fran on volume one. It looks like something that a high school kid would draw in art class that would hor- that he would horrify the teacher and have them call their parents.
0: I think that's the exact appeal of yeah. this book. <laughs> yeah, it's
4: this one, right? <laughs> yeah, yes, that yes. one. Yeah, it is. Absolutely horrible. It is one of the worst pieces <laughs> of the art I've ever seen. This is terrible. I don't understand why this is a thing I run into constantly. <laughs> like, I, to know, I, don't, I don't mind the, the, the rendering on the covers themselves, the kind of the computery stuff. Yeah. Volume 1 isn't that good. Volume 2 featuring the two nude women is better uh, rendering. Mm-hmm. But jeez, that watercolor is just—I don't—I don't know what's going on.
0: I love <sighs> it. <laughs> the manga <laughs> sp- manga splaining coloring update. Well, it's like it's, like it's like it's like you know there, there's no color choices there.
4: It's just it's very random. It's very mm-hmm. basic watercolor that doesn't actually use the medium of watercolor to to what it's supposed to be for, to any effect. And then it's, it's pencil yeah. crayon over top of it in such a, I think that's super basic way. Pencils.
2: I think that those are watercolor pencils without water applied to them. Like, oh. I think, I mean, it could be that that's, that's almost, the, that's almost the same as pencil crayon, but like,
4: yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there. Yeah.
0: It's just,
1: Oh, Oh, I, <laughs> I forgot about this. For like
0: a I, classic, like monster movie poster approach. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if they hit the mark necessarily.
3: But it it seems (laughs) very light and bright, which is weird.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I don't think it's accomplished in any way, and I'm with Chip on that, but I think it's charming. Uh, I actually really like it for not being very good. (laughs) Oh. Because it's so, like, imagine this was the cover of the book, because it looks like it could have been at one point. Mm -hmm. Like, that's fucking weird. Like, that would be, that would be like, this is actually what is going on with this weird ass manga instead of. What is going on with this sexy manga? And I think yeah. that that's maybe more accurate. I will say I actually really liked the first page of art, and I feel like it was all kind of like not quite as good as that first page with the uh, with the cars and the highway, the faces in shadow, the really excellent use of screen tone on mm-hmm. the first page is like to show all these different layers of shadow and reflected light. Really, really good, and the art doesn't like suffer for the rest of it. But that page, I was like, you know what? Everything I thought about this, this series. I don't think I was right. I think this is a really different kind of book. And then I kept page reading. One. And I was like, no, you were, you were right. No, no, page <laughs> two ruined it, though. Don't worry. Fine.
3: When the eyeball <laughs> fell into the
0: teacup?
2: Yeah,
4: that, was, that uh, really
0: got me.
2: That's 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 really <laughs> so funny bad. that you like page one
4: so much, because I don't. Why don't you like it? It's so good. I, f- I find it really, really overdone and kind of masking some uh, some poor drawing in places. I I think the art gets better as the series goes along.
2: mm yeah.
4: I think they definitely put pretty, a lot of time to that first that page. One. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, I, I graduated from art school, so we can just go with my take on it. But anyways. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we've established this series goes on for quite a while, despite being pretty episodic and kind of just having like the gross twist mm-hmm. as a storytelling format. So Chip, you said something interesting earlier that you thought the main character was really fascinating. Yeah. And I think she definitely brings the series together. And it's partly why we can, you know, follow kind of like a one note joke to the end. Yeah. Because she's very pure, I think. Like there's times when she gets mad, like when the guy makes the weird porno out of her, when justice tends to follow in her wake, whether she realizes it or not. Yeah. yeah. And I think Mm -hmm. there's really something interesting about that because you can tell, like, oh, whoever has bad things happen to them in this book probably had it coming. Like the kids with the cosmetic surgery, like they're probably gonna have a bad time, you know, in the workforce, but they're happy. Like no one's like, Wow, I really regret getting <laughs> horns implanted into my head. Yeah. Or the guy who suddenly has like a bulky body and he's like, Oh, like I feel really hot now. Like she's helping people self actualize almost.
3: That's a nice way of putting it, I guess. That's, that's really yeah. beautiful, David.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm glad you can see the the upside of it.
0: Yeah, I try really hard. (laughs) He's helping them. He's
4: helping them self-actualize and then meet their grisly deaths for the most part.
2: (laughs) Yeah,
0: man. I was worried this episode was going to be me against all three of you, but I'm glad (laughs) this turned out much more even.
2: Yeah, I feel like you made me go first, so Chip would switch sides halfway through. There's no way, Chip. Chip, say you like this. Just say I actually really liked that, and I recommend it. And I will. uh, I will. I will. Concede. No, Concede I mean, I, everything?
4: I, 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 <laughs> I, think, um, I, think, I think I feel the same way that you do Chris, where this mm-hmm. is for a very specific type of reader and I'm not necessarily that reader, but I can appreciate the, the level of skill put into this and the, the, the interesting procedural and aspects and the twists.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: So uh, basically if you are some sort of twisted Sick fuck (laughs) who gets off on gore and a bit of boob like David's dear friend, Christine, (laughs) then this book is for you. Congratulations. I'm not upset that it's not in print.
3: I'm I'm just upset that, that, that all the volumes are out, so we can't use that as a pull quote.
4: Cause that would would sell
3: some books, man.
4: (laughs) I I did. I I mean, maybe they'll
2: license the sequel. Maybe we could go on the, sequel. I
4: I will say as a book where I I read through it pretty quickly because. Again, because of the episodic feel to it. And when I finished, I was like, Oh yeah, that was fine. And the more I think about the more I'm I'm realizing, Oh, there are actually some pretty interesting, cool parts Mm -hmm. to it. Yeah. Which, which tends to happen. I find Mm -hmm. with the manga explaining picks. Where even if, even if I initially kind of bounce off of it, like the picks that everyone here has put in front of me are of a high enough quality that even if I don't necessarily love it, I can respect it. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. I respect this book. Mm-hmm. I denounce it.
0: <laughs> and I recommend it. <laughs> There
1: you
0: go. Read this sick filth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's, let's bring Christina. You've been waiting on. for this all your life. Here it is. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. bring Christina to defend this book. Yeah, Chris, tell me your final
2: thoughts on Frank and Fran. <laughs> I think it is interesting to hear everyone else talk about it because I think I don't think anyone's wrong. I think it's all there. Uh, all the stuff you're saying. I just think it's. I don't know. i only read the first volume, and maybe if I'd, maybe if you keep reading, you start to see it pick up a little bit. But it doesn't feel. Mm, it feels like the work of a young artist, and I'm kind of cool with that. Like I'm kind of cool with people throwing stuff against the wall to see what works. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And develop and stuff like that. I think that that's actually super important. I also don't want to read anymore, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so like I will never know if Frenatic, which is the Franken Frantic, sorry, which is the sequel, is actually better. Great title. Or not? Franken, yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm I, i hmm. I'm glad to know that this exists because I've always thought that there's a manga for everybody. And this is a manga that is for somebody. It's not <laughs> for me.
0: And that's okay too. That's Like fair. a gateway drug to AeroGuro manga. <laughs> Deb, what's your final thoughts?
3: Well, I'll I will say as a preface that I like I'm not a huge horror fan, and the mm-hmm. type of horror that I generally you know even movie in movies the kind of horror that I generally gravitate towards is more supernatural like like Poltergeist or Blair Witch Project mm-hmm. where it's like yeah, supernatural uh, strange things happen versus mm-hmm. yeah. blood and gore and dismemberment kind of horror. Uh, like you know, there's, I, but I respect that. It when you read that type of horror, it does evoke it, a reaction, you know. And mm-hmm. some people really like that that kind of um, that kind of like sense of whoa, what is that? Or like, oh, I'm shocked, or oh, I'm horrified. It 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 sets off these whatever. I don't. I want to say endorphins, but I don't know what. <laughs> but it just kind of like some people who like that kind of horror find this really interesting and uh, satisfying to read i'm not one of those mm. uh like you know like mpd Psycho is very interesting but it, it, the, the gross out parts of it made me like oh, i can't read any more of this mm-hmm. but i think i'm glad we are spotlighting this book because i hope that in some way we are helping it's find it's readers that it didn't find in its print run and I think there, I are, can live with that. there are horror fans out there who like, oh, I didn't know this book was actually like this, and I think I want to check
4: it out. That sounds good. I do like I do mm. like that the, the the three of us are, are actively trying to distance ourselves from the book. Like, this is not for me. <laughs> I don't want anyone to think this is
0: me. <laughs> David, are you going to read more? Have you read more? Uh yeah, I'm definitely gonna read more. I'm gonna finish the series. Yeah. I love how all of you were also like, I respect this sick filth. <laughs> <laughs> I respect
3: the surprises. Like you know, like yeah. I've read a lot of manga and some things sometimes when you read a story you think, Oh, I can't I can see this ending coming a mile away. There were a lot of moments when I'm reading Frank and Friend mm. where I turn the next page and go,
4: whoa, hell.
0: <laughs> yeah. Even if like you see the ending coming, you don't see the way that it's coming. It's from an all new, horrible direction. <laughs>
4: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Chris respecting the sick filth makes a lot of sense because he was a, a bookseller, and I think to be mm. a bookseller, you have yeah. to be able to sell books that you yourself would not necessarily read, but you have to respect the book enough to put it in somebody's hand. Mm. I and mean, Christine actually
2: is yeah. really good at that too. Uh, she did some work around. I guess, well, I was technically at the beguiling too. And she, when she knows about something, she can sell it really well. So I think she, I'm I'm amazed that she was like, oh, David, this is for (laughs) you. Awesome.
1: I need to start a trash manga podcast. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) There
0: you go. That's the yeah, Patriot. Yeah, playing right in the gutters. That's what uh, we will call it. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick ad and or PSA break, and then we'll be back for more. And we are back from our ad and or PSA break. I guess some people get ads, other people get things they can use in their life to make their life better. I don't know. But we've got another manga blind date, and I'm going to hand it over to Deb and Skedaddle for a little bit.
3: This segment is brought to you by Viz Media, who sent us this book to check out. It is something that none of us had read before, so we're going to take it on a little blind date to see whether we like it and whether we'd go out on another date with it after we're done reading with it. So, this one in particular, we are reading volumes one and two of a book called Zom 100 Bucket List of the Dead by Haru Aso and Kotaro Takata. So, this one is an interesting one. It's basically about a guy who he's just out of college, he gets his dream job, and he finds out it's a nightmare. He working in basically what they call in Japan a black company, which is a very exploitative company that makes you work long hours and it's just really. Unfun. <laughs> Let's put it that way. The, the boss is a jerk. So three years later, after being bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and getting into mm-hmm. this job, he is burnt out. He is miserable. So when the zombie apocalypse comes, he thinks, "Holy shit! I don't have to go to work anymore." And he just be- suddenly the zombie apocalypse becomes this excuse for this guy to have the time of his life and to start thinking about well. Now that I've wasted all this time at this crappy job, what do I really want to do with my life before I get turned into a zombie? That is when he starts writing his bucket list of things he wants to do before, before, well, the end comes. So let's go around the table and let's see. How about we start with Chris and see what he thinks of this one?
2: (laughs) Fine, let's bring it. Let's do it. (laughs) I love the first volume. I thought it was nearly perfect first volume of a manga. And the second volume I thought was solid, like 7 out of 10. And a couple of the problems with the the overall concept maybe snuck in a little bit. But yeah, I was blown away by how much I actually liked this. It's something that I had wanted to read anyway. I was a huge fan of The Walking Dead when the comics were coming out. Like I bought the first issue off of the newsstands, and I sold it when it got all the way up to $40. And uh, I'm an idiot. And I should have held uh, <laughs> on to it for longer and sold it for more money. But yeah, I actually really like... I don't mind zombie stuff at all. And I like good zombie stuff, I guess. And this is really good. This uses every single zombie trope that's out there. Sometimes there's fast zombies, and sometimes there's slow zombies. <laughs> uses every zombie trope out there to just tell the story of a guy who can't be defeated by life by death by anything he's just going to he's going to do these things he's going to start living i have so much to say about it actually that i'm a little bit worried again because i do think there's some there's a lot going on sort of just under the surface on this one in terms of like how people do or don't deal with PTSD that I think is really interesting and that you start to see little little glimmers of as the series goes on. I hope it goes in that direction. I hope we get to see more of that. But yeah, all in all, I actually loved this, uh, this book. I was so pleasantly surprised, particularly after our last choice. It was kind of a palate cleanser of, of, of sorts uh, for me. So uh, yeah, straight up on 100. And it has an awesome cover too. That like pink, beautiful cover with the motorbike. Totally loved it. So, yeah, I, I liked it. Chipper, what did you what did you think?
4: I I also loved it. Going into this, really going into the super cold, I think really helped. Like I was so cold that I didn't even see the subtitle of bucket list. Oh, so all I knew was there was zombies involved. So everything about it was uh, a pleasant surprise to me. I thought the opening was amazing. Because like, I, because again, I didn't know where I was going. So like him getting this job and then kind of realizing mm. that he's not going home, and then just being sucked into this horrible, horrible business. They, the, the artist really used large type sentences, well, to like drive home mm. things. Like, like at the, there's a, the point at the beginning when he comes home and he goes, oh, they must be one of those exploitative corporations. Like it's such a funny joke. Just having that (laughs) really spelled out so large, like on half of a page, the cartooning in it was amazing. Like the facial expressions, especially on Akira were, were top notch. The artist Mm -hmm. clearly, clearly loves drawing expressions. The, a lot of the humor reminded me of, once again, one of my favorites, Way of the House Husband. God, another shout out to Viz. There you go, Viz. Way of the House Husband. I love it. <laughs> like the intercutting of the scenes of like the zombies outside getting like pelted with like garbage bags and then him cleaning his apartment. Just like this, this, this fast, uh, energetic motion. Like it kind of reminded me a bit of Sh- uh, Shaun of the Dead, too. And like Edgar Wright's kind yes, of quick Shaun cuts of, the of stuff. There's one of the most beautiful pages I've ever seen in a book that reminded me of Chris so much, which was <laughs> which is just, just akira, the just close up of him lifting a beer and it's just glistening and you're just <laughs> popping the top and just chugging it. It's so beautiful in a book like this and just a reminder of like, oh yeah, all these like simple things in the life that mm. he that you don't get to do when you're devoted entirely to work such a fascinating idea just being like, oh yeah, it's the apocalypse. Great. Oh, I can finally kick back and enjoy a beer. (laughs) You know, the, uh, the, the the biggest problem in his life is the fact that he ran out of beer and he had to go to the store and get it. He was more upset about that than the zombie apocalypse. I I like volume two. I think with Chris, I, I, I like volume one more than I like volume two, but the, the weird kind of like, superhero complex that he's working on in volume two is really fascinating, especially myself being a superhero writer and reader. I, I forget her name in it. Um, they call her antisocial, I believe.
1: <laughs>
4: Shizuka. Yeah. 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 Her reaction, yeah. her reaction, she's her a reaction to Akira's attempts to be a, a hero, just kind of poking holes in it. I'm like, Oh God, she's like poking holes in me as a superhero writer. I kind of love it. Um, yeah it's it's always fun to kind of read a book where like the main character is just kind of exuberant and freed and just like living their best life and the, the, the the setting the backdrop really kind of highlights it even more so my only my only kind of critique of it really is you know hey similar to our previous pick frank and fran just too many boobs Like every, every female zombie for some reason is in her underwear. And I'm just like, okay, I get it. But at some point, it it kind of detracts from the story a little bit.
3: But they do play it for Mm. laughs. Like there's that moment where he goes to see his work crush. And then she gets turned into a zombie. And then he's like, well, you know, goodbye, my first love, but at least I got to see your
4: tits. (laughs) i know it's like it's it's that line of like is is it too gross or is it just within this character's kind of personality
2: i think that's just how dudes are you know like well i'm like he's he is not well but he's like well i guess my i guess the girl i loved is dead but you know got to see her boobs that was pretty good like on to the next adventure and it's like That'll tell you right away when that happens at the end of the first chapter, whether or not this book is for you, because that is, uh, it's not exactly a pattern, but it's definitely like sums up that first, i like that first chapter is so good in that it sums up what the series is. And it's the kind of thing where like, you're, you're going to know if you're going to bounce off of this or not, because he doesn't, he well, at least didn't, through two volumes, he doesn't change. I think he grows a little bit as he starts to realize different things, but he's also got that. He's such a shonen protagonist, which is weird because this is such a sainted <laughs> thing. Because when, like, when she calls him out on being a superhero at the end of the second chapter or at the end of the second book, he's just like, "But I like you. Why wouldn't I try to save you? Like, maybe we could be friends." And you're just like, "Oh, that is like a pure-hearted shonen moment in this like grisly boob fest yeah. manga yeah. <laughs> situation, which yeah. is still great." And and sorry, Deb, what did you think? Oh, of I enjoyed
3: it? it a lot. I mean, kind of similar to Frank and Friend, right? Because there's horror, there's zombies but there's some weird dark humor in there. And sometimes that those flashes of weird dark humor Mm. catch you off guard and it makes it kind of charming. Like there's the part where he, like he rolls into Shinjuku that's crawling with zombies and he's on his Harley that he stole. And then he says, well, Shinjuku's packed. No surprise there. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's full of these little deadpan moments. It's like, like, Hey, you know, here we are in our little zombie free thing. And, I feel like let I need a widescreen TV. Let's go to Ikebukuro and steal one. You know, so there's all kinds of like weird little <laughs> moments that just kind of. It's dark in some parts, and there's gory in some parts, but there's like moments of like weird humor. So it's kind of a, it's kind of an enjoyable mm. book that way because it it laughs at itself.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's maybe there's a little bit of Zombie Land there as well, and, and there's like there's a whole lot of Edgar Wright, I think. Yeah, Shaun of the Dead in this about the like wage slave who gets to come to life and change his life because the zombie apocalypse makes his old life obsolete now. But I think it goes in very different ways, uh, which I think is really interesting. But it definitely the person who's writing this has watched a lot of a lot of zombie media and is very aware of what's going on, which I think is really cool. I think there's a little bit of a treat there for folks who are already fans of that kind of material. Well, so here's the other question. Do you think that there's enough in here for people who are burnt out on zombies? Because I think, you know, Chip, you mentioned going in cold and you barely knew it was about zombies. I think people feel a little bit burnt out on on zombie stories.
4: I mean, it's such a fun take on it. Like the zombies, like any proper good zombie story, is not about the zombies, right? This isn't Hmm. this isn't a survivalist story. It's a uh, live your best life story, which is a very different thing. You know, they're not scrounging. He just has to go to the store for a beer and he wants to steal a widescreen TV.
3: Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very lighthearted compared to, say, like, I am a hero or even Walking Dead. It's, it, like, Walking Dead is a very American zombie story because, it's like, things are going to go to shit. Are you prepared? Do you have enough canned goods? Do you have a gun? <laughs> <laughs> I
4: never really thought of it as being an American thing, but yeah, I guess that is.
3: <laughs> and then, like, um you know, like, I am a hero is like, hey, yeah. you know, there's zombies in Japan, but there are no guns except I, I have a gun. And I am, therefore, the only one who's going to survive. This one is like, there's no guns. It's just like... Well, I just happen to not give a shit, and I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't care. Yeah. Anyway, let me just ask you this because this is the point of it. Now that you've been on your first date with Psalm 100, <laughs> would you go on a second? Would you read Volume Three?
2: Uh, yeah, absolutely. I would read Volume Three, no problem. I'm. It comes out. I was just actually checking, and it's not out for an- another month or two, coming out in August. But yeah, it was. Off, one and two were were both so good. It gave me like real nice feels. Oh. That's who he reminds me of. Akira reminds me of Fry. Oh, Futurama. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Philip J. Fry, where it's just like, just crazy shit happens to him, and he just is like, "Well, I guess this is what we're doing now." And just you, you go through it. And if I, I want to see more of of what that looks like in the in the next couple of. Uh, I mean, I watched every Futurama twice, so yeah, I want to see also. More. Just, on, so. I, I also have to mention, I really like his hunky best friend too.
3: Who's, who's always naked somehow
0: <laughs> yeah
4: yeah a little bit of eye can yeah. uh, I I would definitely read volume 3 yeah yeah because I think uh, it definitely there's a there's a story there right like we're we're seeing these characters actually progress so I, I want to be able to follow them and see where they go yeah
3: yeah mm, volume 3 sure. should be interesting because at that point they're leaving Tokyo and they're going to Gunma to visit his parents because mm-hmm. that's also on his bucket list so that should be yeah. cool mm. I um, also want to mention that Haru Aso, the author of this book, also did Alice in Borderland, which is on Netflix now.
2: He's actually, did Hide and Closer or Hide and Closer? I'm hide not and sure closer. how you pronounce that one. Yeah. And that was of his book from way back that came out. Alice in Borderland. Unfortunately, the manga is out, but it's huge on Netflix. Like it did really, really well as a Japanese mystery. So yeah, I think this is the time and couldn't be better for a book like this.
3: All right. That was our manga blind date with. ZOM 100 Volume 1 and 2 by Haro Aso and Kotaro Takata. It's available now from Viz Media in print and digital. Go to bit.ly ZOM 100 podcast to read a free preview.
0: Do you know what I like about these segments? Huh? What do you like about these segments? I finally know how it feels to be a manga listener. <laughs> oh. <and laughs> our fans are so blessed.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is very kind. Except we're missing yeah. a
4: key ingredient.
3: Oh,
0: the music! Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: I'm a little sad about that, actually.
0: Yeah, it's complicated, I suppose. I do. I have to call Chris's bluff on one point, though. Mm. Did you watch the okay, Futurama yeah, with the dog twice? Yeah, I actually did. Wow, I watched it once. Yeah. in college, and I was like. That's enough. That's like Requiem for yeah. a Dream level painful.
2: The one with the dog and then the one where 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 Fry... Not that quite that for me, but I feel yeah. it for you. But the one where Fry is revealed to have been Lars all along, that's the other one that people are mm. like, you watched that twice. And it's like, honestly, I just got really into the lore and stuff like that. So I <laughs> wanted to rewatch it because they go back to all those things so many times that I wanted to like make sure I was getting the background details and the Easter eggs and all that kind of shit. But yeah, it's it's rough. That episode is is really really tough. But it's such a good man. It's such a good even the stuff that isn't good is good.
1: It's yeah. not like
2: Simpsons where it's like there's a precipitous drop off. It's yeah. like the stuff that's not as good and the sort of some of the later Futurama stuff is still awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I uh I don't know. I I, I didn't realize why I liked Akira so much while we were reading that <laughs> book, and I was like, oh, he's literally just cry. Like he's. Literally I didn't make that connection. Like, I think that's he rolls. Right. With <laughs> <laughs> the craziest punch and just keeps going and is like, here's what I want to do. I've always wanted to live somewhere else or, or have no whatever responsibilities. <laughs> but yeah, the PTSD that he's in, like, he's clearly like just gone. Like, there's no way that you can watch the girl that you, like, get mauled next to you and be like, "Fine." the next chapter. Part of that's manga, but I'm really hoping part of it is that they dig in a little bit to, uh, to what's going on with these characters and how they can survive all these tragedies, because it would, you know, fuck up any of us, right, to see these things. And, like, Yona of the Dawn is what I keep going back to where it was just like, that might have even been too much for manga. Like, it was too realistic the way that she was <laughs> dealing with all of yeah. her shit. But this is just like... Yeah, I guess if it's Fry, like you kind of get over it, you know what I mean? Like, And you could just keep watching anyway. I have no idea. Is this going to make it in or not? Is this just like your capriciousness? I mean, that's a good teaser for our (laughs)
0: graining explaining
2: up podcast. Nice. Wow,
0: that's the second podcast you launched this week. (laughs) It's going to be a busy week. (laughs) It's a busy times ahead. Deb, you have shout-outs. You have license announcements. What can you tell us that's good in the world of manga today?
3: Oh well, today was a good day for manga licensing announcements. I was really excited to hear that *Witches* by Daisuke I- Igarashi is coming out. I think early next year from Seven Seas. Daisuke Igarashi did uh, mm-hmm. *Children of the Sea*, and he does beautiful, beautiful books. It's awesome. It's supposed to. It's. It sounds like a really interesting book about witches and revenge. I'm Ooh. not too sure mm-hmm. about it, but I know he does very, uh, very stylish work that is very kind of mystical in nature. I think it's worth mm-hmm. it's worth checking out. I'm really glad that Seven Seas is um, putting out some of these books with all that fat, fat monster Musume money.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually a huge fan of uh, Daisuke Garashi. Actually, Children of the Sea is the book that I keep going back to, like wanting to recommend on the podcast. But it's five volumes, and you can kind of you can kind of get a bit of it from the first volume, but it's it's. It's really something you have to read the whole thing of. It's kind of like Pluto in that way, but it's not nearly as, as well regarded for whatever reason. But Igarashi is amazing. And the fact that we get more Igarashi is so awesome. I'm so excited yeah. so about that. When Children
0: of the Sea came up on the podcast earlier this season, we I think we talked about how like he just really loves drawing sea animals and really detailed <laughs> drawings of sea animals. But the entire book is yeah. almost like it's kind of described as a vibe, I guess, to where you just sit in this world and you just kind of float. And it's very pleasant. So I'm really excited for Witches. I think that's pretty cool.
2: Mm.
3: Chip, do you have great. any shout-outs?
4: Uh, I guess my shout-out is to episodes two and three of Monthly Girls Nozaki-kun. Nice. Oh yeah, What did you
3: think of, you think of the anime?
4: <laughs> well, I mean, I went on record as saying I did not care for the first episode, but I was told to go back and keep going. And I did, and I quite liked it. So I overcame my my internal prejudices against anime.
0: (laughs) (laughs) People were really excited (laughs) for that episode too. That's cool.
4: Yeah, I think, um, again, it was like reading the manga before the anime, I think ruined the anime a little bit for me because I Mm. I already have those jokes in my Mm. head in a specific way. So I found watching more episodes in which it kind of like deviates a little bit and has extra jokes in there that I wasn't expecting made it a better experience. So that's my shout-out.
2: Nice.
0: Cool. Mm-hmm. And Chris?
2: I was just checking, and I, I'll i go with Deb's shout-outs as being my shout nice. I uh,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, th- I think they were good <laughs> shout-outs. I was just going through, and actually there's another Seven Seas book that got announced a little while ago, maybe two or three weeks ago, called Robo Ooh. Sapiens. And this actually won a bunch of awards in Japan last year. It looks kind of like a cross between... What people think of as manga, but also like North American alt comics, like a really, like a Chris Wary kind of really Mm -hmm. clean style. And it's about a world in which humans no longer exist, but the robots that are there are patterned after humans. Um, And it's about sort of discovering what humanity is by discovering what humanity was, like the kind of best of sci fi. So, yeah, it's coming out in November. Yeah. Uh, And it, spans a bunch of time too which is really interesting
0: anyway i'm very excited about it i um, looked it up while you were talking that, right? and <laughs> brutus magazine listed robo sapiens on their most dangerous manga lists which included of the most stimulating and thought-provoking themes so I mean,
2: Exciting. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, gonna be a good one <laughs> and do you yeah. have shout outs this week david
0: Less of a shout-out, more of a tutorial, which is something you would love to hear at a comic <laughs> convention panel Q&A line. Uh, <laughs> so we've talked a lot about George Morikawa's Hajime no Ippo. Like, it's actually brought our group together a little bit. Chris, mm. Dev, um, Chip. I didn't just forget your name. I was trying to Hello. make the next sentence in my head. And Nick Dragata all went to an exhibit show, showcasing this artwork. And it's finally available digitally, 131 volumes of Hajime no Ippo, this amazing boxing manga, in Japanese. So there's still no news oh. on it being published in English. But you can buy it in Japanese from North America. And it's very easy. So bookwalker.jp is an online bookseller. I, we don't get affiliate links or anything, so I don't think this is too shady. But go there, (laughs) type in Hajime no Ippo in Japanese. You can get the Japanese title from the Wikipedia page. and It'll pull up all 131 volumes. You can buy them with a credit card. PayPal doesn't work. Then you can install the Bookwalker app on your whatever tablet you prefer to use. And then you can read these amazing boxing manga, basically for $5 a volume, which is a steal for Art That Good. If you want someplace to start, like the stretch from, I think, volumes 59, 60, and 61 are a pretty good fight. And I don't know, like Ipo rules. Go check it out, buy the Blu-rays, and please someone license this so I can read it in English.
3: Bookmarker gives you volume volume one to three free.
0: Oh yeah, volumes one oh, to hey three guy. are free. Yeah, which is fantastic. That's already like six hundred oh. pages. Only in
4: manga would somebody suggest uh, starting at volume fifty-nine?
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> halfway through the series. You know, okay, not too far. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> I'm gonna say like if you've if you've been reading Hajinaru Ipo as a scan. This is a nice way for you to throw some money back at the original creator.
0: Definitely. five mm-hmm. so yeah, bucks a volume. It's a steal. <laughs> Almost yeah. literally a steal.
4: And I'm, I'm assuming, too, like if enough people buy this, then there'll be more of an interest in an English translation?
0: I think so. If they notice, like, yeah. wow, like a bunch of people from the U.S. are buying this. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little mm-hmm. grassroots thing going on. Well, maybe it'll get the splaining bump. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, <laughs> that has been this episode of Manga Explaining, featuring Frank and Fran, ZOM100, and all the other random manga and TV shows that we mentioned over the course of the episode. On behalf of Chip, Deb, and Chris, I am David, and thank you for listening. This has been manga Explaining, episode 24. Thanks for listening. For our next episode, we'll be discussing the manga Akira, volume 2, by Katsuhiro Otomo. Want to pick up a copy? Consider supporting your local comic book and manga specialty shop. Find one near you at comicshoplocator.com. You can also follow along with our complete reading list at mangasplaining.com. Thanks to DADS for their musical accompaniment this episode.